Welcome to our podcast, Martial Arts and More. Our show is about how we can take what we learned as martial artists out into the world every day. We're looking for examples of our tenets, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and indomitable spirit in action. We are excited to welcome Mr. Crowley and Miss Bailey to the fourth episode on our podcast. Mr. Crowley is a current CEO of the National Kidney Foundation of Wisconsin, and Miss Bailey is one of the board members as well as a living donor herself. Could either of you explain how your organization works? Yes, thank you. Uh, the National Kidney Foundation of Wisconsin is dedicated to preventing kidney and urinary tract diseases, improving the health and well being of individuals and families affected by kidney disease, and increasing the availability of all organs for transplantation. The National Kidney Foundation of Wisconsin offers hope. We create change and transform care for individuals and families who face or live with the diagnosis of chronic kidney disease. We believe in supporting innovation and advancing treatment breakthroughs and best practices through research. Uh, we collaborate to make an impact on public health issues like diabetes, obesity, and food insecurity. We create public awareness about kidney health and how to prevent or slow the progression of chronic kidney disease. And an interesting statistic is in the United States, 37 million adults are estimated to have chronic kidney disease, and most of them aren't even aware of it. And one more interesting statistic is one in three American adults are at risk for chronic kidney disease. Is there any specific message that you want your organization to portray? Well, we're here as a resource for the community. We're the National Kidney Foundation of Wisconsin. So even though we're located in southeastern Wisconsin, Milwaukee metro area, uh, we cover the entire state of Wisconsin. And what's important to know is that we are a, a resource for not only kidney disease, but organ transplantation in helping uh, guide uh, the process for those that are interested in donating, or if they even have questions on what it's about, they could visit our website and, and learn much more about it. And are there any specific volunteer opportunities that you guys have as an organization? Yes, we have plenty of volunteer opportunities. Now, obviously with the pandemic, COVID-19, put a, a pretty big damper on our volunteer opportunities last year in 2020. And then, of course, most likely in the first half of 2021, probably pretty limited. But we have events. We have our Spotlight on Life Gala that's typically held in uh, the first part of the year, uh, February. That's already passed us, and we didn't do it this year. But next year, we intend to begin a live gala. And that brings several hundred people together. It's our fundraising opportunity and, and people uh, have fun dancing. And then we also have uh, an event in July, July 31st, and that's the Capital City uh, 5K Run and Walk. So both of these events, um, even though they're not live this year, uh, they'll be virtual. Uh, there's opportunity to participate in committees, especially out at the sites preparing for the events. But we also have opportunities that will take place in the office. There's always uh, in a nonprofit, you're, you're looking for ways to do things efficiently and as cost effectively as possible. And so we may have a few opportunities in the office for grant writing, 
PR and marketing and, and so forth. So anyone that's interested in volunteering with our organization, they can call our number. They can visit our website, uh, www.kidneywi.org. And we'd be happy to, uh, to have them as a volunteer. I think giving back is so important. And when you have that piece of responsibility for your community and the people in it, um, that is something that is so valuable and it can come out in different ways, be it your professional career, your personal life, your hobbies. I search for four-leaf clovers and I find four-leaf clovers all the time, hundreds of them. And I know it sounds goofy, but a four-leaf clover Each leaf has a representation, hope, faith, love, and luck. And what I do is I take that four-leaf clover and I put it in a a dollar bill or in between paper and put it in my wallet. When I get home, I tape it to a piece of paper and it looks laminated on one side and then I leave the backside blank. And when I come across somebody uh, that I feel needs some hope or faith or love or luck, or just something to brighten the mood, break the ice with a conversation, I will take that four-leaf clover out and I will put a personal message on and I explain what each leaf stands for, sign my name, only Mike, because most people will never get a four-leaf clover handed to them in their lifetime. So they'll remember who it came from. And it does truly change um, their mood. And there are phenomenal stories over the years that Uh, sharing something so simple like a four-leaf clover can really leave a lasting impression on uh, that person. And so yesterday was Random Acts of Kindness Day. And I couldn't think of what I could do yesterday while my wife and I were out to dinner with some friends and I saw somebody that needed one and I happened to have one in my wallet and I put a message on and I was able to before the end of the day do my random act of kindness. So I know that sounds all goofy, but it is fun, it's memorable. And if you can find your own calling card or your own way of impacting people's lives like that, um, do it and do it the best you can. And and it, it really does make a difference in people's lives. There's a lot of opportunities out there to help in ways that are related to the healthcare field, or if it's Habitat for Humanity and helping to build a home, or if it's picking up trash around your neighborhood, uh, providing a babysitting service for your neighbor, shoveling your grandma's driveway, whatever that looks like, making an impact in another person's life is such a fulfilling thing. Um, And I think anybody who makes it a part of kind of their uh, morals and values, their personal mission will tell you that they get more out of it than they give into it. And I think that's a really great thing. Yes, I think that's definitely something you've done too as a kidney donor. Could you please explain like how you decided to do this and what the process was like? Yeah, thanks, Chloe. That's a great question. Um, So I always, I I get this question a lot, and I I especially got it a lot when I first donated. A lot of different reactions. Some people were like, are you crazy? Like, why would you ever go under surgery to give away an organ? That sounds nuts. Um, And I definitely get that perspective. For me, um, it didn't sound so crazy, though. Honestly, uh, being a pediatric nurse, um, 
I day in and day out often witnessed the agony and desperation that families went through awaiting organ transplantation. Um, to give an idea, um, there's over 3,000 new patients added to just the kidney waiting list alone every month. 13 people die each day while waiting for a life-saving kidney. And literally that means that 3,000 every month is about 14 minutes. Every 14 minutes, somebody is added to that transplant list. So the amount of need for kidney transplants is very high. Um, it's actually the highest need of all of the organ transplants across the board. Um, people wait for these things and they're desperate for them. Um, and it's a very complex process to have to go through to find a match. Um, and as you can imagine, it's literally life or death for these patients and families. Um, so for me, it wasn't any extravagant moment. It was more of a call to action. It was more of a call to duty to say that I am, you know, a young, healthy person who just wants to give somebody their life back. Um, when I made the decision to donate, um, I didn't have any specific person in mind. I did it in honor of all of those patients at the hospital that I serve um, who are waiting on the organ transplant list. Um, and when I decided to donate, I did request that they run my uh, match through the Children's Wisconsin Organ Tissue Match list first. Fortunately, I ended up matching with a five-year-old young lady who had chronic kidney disease and I am happy to report today that we are both doing great. Um, the process in and of itself is in depth, but not a burden. Um, it's a questionnaire online followed by a couple interviews and a lot of testing. Um, they definitely do a thorough job of that um, and rightfully so, right? We wanna make sure that everybody is mentally prepared to do this as well as physically well. Um, so I certainly felt like a superhero as soon as I got done with all the testing, because I was like, hey, I passed, like I must be invincible. <laughs> um, and then a short while later, um, with the support of my employer, um, and that's one of the things that the National Kidney Foundation of Wisconsin advocates for, is employers to support people in their journey towards living organ donation. Um, there's just a couple organs that people can donate while they're alive, and that includes a kidney as well as a liver. Um, but oftentimes you can imagine that it's difficult for people to take that time off work um, or have to use all of their vacation time, things like that. Fortunately, I had a very supportive employer. I was able to take that time off, recover, um, and it was the highlight of my life. It was the proudest thing I have ever done to date, and I'm sure that will continue to be. Um, one of my favorite memories of the process of that donation journey was um, my living, my uh, recipient uh, really wanted to meet me um, and her, her family did too. She was just five at the time, but her family really wanted to meet me. And uh, truth be told, I was a little hesitant at first because um, I, you know, when you, when you do something like that, you never want somebody to feel like they, they owe you something back in return. Um, it was genuinely out of the goodness of my heart that I wanted to give my kidney. And I had actually no plans to meet my recipient. Um, but <laughs> I remember my doctor coming in and he, him saying, you know, I'm just going to relay this message to you that the mother of your recipient really wants to meet you. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, and after talking to a few, a few of my colleagues in healthcare, 
um, I really felt my heart um, want to meet my recipient and their family. In doing so, I, she, my favorite moment was actually when my recipient, whose name is Elizabeth, um, came up to me and she showed me her uh, nightstand, her empty nightstand. Um, and I was so confused. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I was like, oh again, that's such a great nightstand. I, that's beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's like little kids come and show you things. You just, you know, you act excited. Um, and her mom proceeded to tell me that she was showing her, she, she was showing me um, her nightstand and that is where her dialysis machine used to sit, that she would have to be on dialysis for 12 hours a day, every day. Um, and because of my kidney, she was not having to do that anymore and was able to return her dialysis machine and for her, excuse me, get her nightstand back. Um, and so it's those things that just make it all worth it. Um, I am doing very well. And that's something that I love to tell people. Um, I think it's a very scary thing to think about donating a kidney, but truly I um, I am a part of the living donors group through the National Kidney Foundation. And I have a connection with many donors throughout the state of Wisconsin who are all also thriving and doing so well. Um, and it's just an amazing process that we can literally give a part of our body to another person. And both of those people can not only survive, but thrive. Wow, that was a really impactful message that I think you sent with us today. And I'm so glad that both you and your recipient are still doing very well. Hi, I'm Amari from JK Lee's video. And I'm Chloe, the host of the podcast. We are excited to be talking to Mr. Ippolite, who is in search of a kidney. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm an older man. I'm 74 years old. I started a business about 35 years ago, which I sold about eight years ago. Uh, I still work there. Uh, so I work every day, uh, primarily just computer work. I'm fortunate enough to have Ms. Lori Gendelman as a partner. And I mean that sincerely, she's been wonderful throughout all this because it's been, it's been hard on her as well. Not to mention that COVID has just been a double whammy as it has been for your families, I'm sure as well. But uh, Lori's really been a very supportive uh, partner and, and uh, I can't thank her enough for all that she's done for me. So as far as my family goes, they've, they've actually been uh, very positive. They've, They've helped me, uh, they put together the website, they put together my Facebook page, they've, they've gone out and got, uh, I've solicited, if you will, uh, potential donors. So they've been, they've been very supportive and very positive. So everything, everything's been pretty positive, it really has. Things could be a lot worse. Could you describe your journey and how your search for a donor has been? Well, so far, I've had eight people rejected for kidney donor. I still have three or four that are in the process. So I'm hopeful, but you know, as of right now, we don't have anybody specific that has passed all the tests, if you will. How long have you been searching for a kidney? Uh, since August. Could you explain more about what the kidneys are supposed to do? They remove urine from your body 
And then they also remove waste materials, toxics, et cetera, from your body. So those are the two primary functions. They also regulate some of, some of the uh, electrolytes in your body, like potassium, and phosphorus, and sodium, and that sort of thing. But their primary function is to remove urine and to, to remove toxins. Which is a very important part of how your body functions and is, I'm sure, why you are in need of another kidney. Could you explain how your search has been, like using your website? Yes. So uh, the website is my name, Jim ipolite.com the website is is primarily set up just to let people know a little bit about me but also to give them information about the living donor process so we have a lot of information there on on what what things they need to have before they make a call to the hospital we have some frequently asked questions that that might help them uh have a little better handle on what the process is. I've been able to get about 13 or 14 people come forward, just wonderful people, most of them strangers, by the way, that I've never heard of in all parts of the country. And they have generously agreed to at least pursue the process of, of uh, trying to be a donor so that I can have one of their kidneys placed into my body and uh and function with a with a, a healthy kidney versus what i've got now but but unfortunately america doesn't have a lot of healthy people so it makes it that much harder for somebody to pass this the donor requirements because they're fairly stringent as they should be but it makes it it makes it hard to actually find somebody that you can have a uh, successful transplant with. And could you explain more like of the process of being improved to have a kidney? Like what requirements does someone have to meet to be able to donate? Your kidneys have to be able to be operating at a very, very high level because obviously you're gonna give one of those kidneys up. You have to be between the age of 18 and 70. Can't have diabetes, you can't have high blood pressure, you can't have any high uh, uh, you can't have any uh, heart issues, you can't have cancer, you have to have a body mass index of 35 or less. That means that if you're severely overweight, you wouldn't qualify. So there's, there's a whole list of uh, fairly stringent requirements, as it should be. The, the whole system is made to, to protect the donor as much as possible. And you know, that's, that's what they try to try to do and still be able to provide people with, with kidneys. What message could we learn from kidney disease <laughs> and your story? You really have to watch your diet. Um, you have to, uh, if you have a history of high blood pressure or diabetes in your family, like I do, diabetes anyway, you have to be extra cautious. So it's just a matter of like everything else. You have to watch what you put in your body, watch what you eat, and uh, just be very cognizant of what's going on with your body. Do regular medical tests. It's really something that has to be watched. There are, there are right now about 100,000 people in the United States alone 
that need can need new kidneys. So it's it's a problem that is serious today, and as we move forward, will become even more serious because kidney disease is really impacting more and more people every day. Thirty-three percent of the of the population in the United States is at risk of chronic kidney disease. Uh, that was a surprising statistic to me. So imagine yourself driving down the road and, and you're looking at all the cars in front of you, about a third of them have a, a chance of developing kidney disease. And you know, there's ways to prevent it. So we focus on that as an organization. So you can actually prevent or reduce the risk of developing chronic kidney disease or kidney failure. When we're talking about the care of patients with chronic kidney disease or patients at risk of developing chronic kidney disease, um, the process has a couple different levels. And I think Mike, Mike hit importantly on that first level really being prevention. How do we educate people who may be at risk of developing chronic kidney disease, some things that they can control in their own personal lives um, to better their health and prevent them getting chronic kidney disease down the road. Um, so I think that in and of itself is a really, really important thing because it empowers people to take control. Not all are preventable and, and that is absolutely true. And for many of those people who do get chronic kidney disease, that second level is really saying we're here for you and we have resources for you and sources for you across the state, across all communities, and then again, I go back to that level of advocacy, both for patients, their families, as well as living donors alike. To Mike's point, the average wait time for a kidney transplant right now is three and a half years. So you can imagine that's three and a half years of somebody's life that they're going through dialysis, that they have a invasive, um, very infection prone central line in. Um, that they can't do things like go swimming or um, they might be not be able to do the daily things that they normally had done in their life. Um, and it's a time of anticipation and desperation. Um, and I think, you know, not only do we help support those patients, uh, but we also try to help support and advocate for people who can offer that gift of life um, and shorten that wait time for people who are waiting for that life-saving gift. That's a really important message I think you're sending there. And I think it also ties into just being positive throughout this all, which also kind of ties into our tenant, indomitable spirit. Why do you think being positive or having indomitable spirit is so important? I think that one's a great one for Elise, and then I'll fill in afterwards. Okay, sounds He's great. Very, pos very positive person. <laughs> I try to be, you know, I probably have my moments just like everybody, right? Um, I think, you know, positivity is an a very, very important part of life in general, no matter where you are in it, be it, um, be it a child, a young adult, a teenager, um, up into an older adult and into the elderly, that positive, positive outlook on life has a huge impact on the way that we view the world. Um, you know, we're all, we're all here and we're all trying to make the best of it and we're all trying to support each other. And I think now more than ever, it's become very evident how much we truly do need each other and how much we truly do affect each other's lives. 
Um, and so that, that smile, that joke, that um, kind text message to a friend, that compliment that you may have been a little bit too shy to give really could affect somebody's day and bring light into their world and their life um, and in turn make the world just that much more of a beautiful place. Um, positivity is something that can start very, very small and it can explode into amazing and great things if you let it. Um, and so we just have to harness that power and bring it out not only in our own lives, but in the lives of others. That's wonderful, Elise. You know, you took the words right out of my mouth, but it said it very, very well. Um, you know, positivity is an attitude. So um, several years ago, I woke up and I thought, you know, seeing social media, seeing people commenting about politics or uh, something negative in their life, you know, why me? And um, I've been a, a fairly positive person most of my life, but I'm like everybody else, a human being that has uh, emotions and, and you can get in a rut. But if you're intentional, when you wake up in the morning and say you're going to have a great day and you wish others a great day and you can utilize social media, I do that every day on Facebook, a positive message, um, a coffee in the morning and a smile and um, you know, it's, it's important to help affect other people's day too and, and send them off in a positive light. So if you have that attitude um, uh, of positivity, you can really make a difference in not only other people's lives, but it comes back and, and affects your own life. And yeah, there are going to be ups and downs, but um, positivity is really, really important nowadays. There, there's so much negativity in the world and do the best you can in helping, you know, promote positivity with one another. Yeah, I think, I think, Mike, you hit it on the head. Positivity is like a boomerang, right? You put it out there and you get it right back. <laughs> what Taekwondo did I avoid? I would think that perseverance would be right up there because, you know, on, <laughs> on any given day, some days it's just, some days are good, some days are bad. Not from a physical standpoint but from an emotional standpoint where you you know oh my god am i gonna am i am i gonna get a kidney am i gonna die am i gonna do this am i gonna do that so i think yeah perseverance is really important i would just like to thank you for taking the time to be here today oh you're welcome I and i'd like to thank thank you and jk lee and uh just stay healthy ladies and gentlemen just stay healthy is there any last words that you would like to leave with us Yes, I would first like to thank you for the opportunity to share our message and uh, leave um, our, our website. So if you want to learn more about kidney disease and how you can help and anything you want to know about uh, transplantation, um, organ donation and so forth, go to www.kidneywi.org and you'll find a wealth of information there. 
Yeah, Chloe, thank you so much for having us today. This was so fun. Um, it was so fun chatting with you. Um, and I, I, I just want to express my gratitude and to everybody listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Um, you all mean so, so much to us. You're all so special. Um, and just remember that you have, you do have, everybody has the power to change somebody's life. Um, and I know today I kind of talked about living kidney donation, which is a scary thing, but, um, if you are able to um, have your, on your license that you are a, a organ donor in general and put that orange sticker on and that's the, that's the thing you take away from today, that in and of itself is so special. Um, and I am so grateful to have been here today. Thank you. Thanks everybody for tuning in.